I want to bring to you this morning a tremendous man of God. Our brother Richard Allman pastors a fine church in the city of Baton Rouge, the capital city of our state. In addition to that, he pastors a church in a suburb of Homa, Gray. In addition to that, he oversees a church in the city of um, Bogalusa. And in addition to that, he's got a couple of three outreaches that men from his church uh, are launching, and he's overseeing that. In addition to that, he is the husband of one wife and 12 children, and he is a wonderful Christian and a man of God. Receive Brother Richard Allman. He's going to bless you in the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. I would like for you to get your Bibles, please, as you are standing, and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 9, and if you will please pardon me from a lot of preliminary uh, things here today, because our time is limited. Matthew 9, verse 35, and I'll read through verses number 38, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And I want to speak to you for just a few moments this morning concerning the laborers. Concerning the laborers. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today, God. Bless us throughout the entirety of this meeting in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you. Give you glory right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated. Wherever Jesus went, there, there were crowds of people. Sometimes the multitudes were there because of him, and at other times he was there because of the multitude. But he never lacked an audience. Uh, they were in the cities. They were in the villages, they were in the synagogues, and they were on the hillsides. They followed Jesus from the mountains to the deserts, and from the desert to the seashores. They were sick, they were diseased, they were crippled, and they were blind, they were deaf, and they were mute. They were poor, and they were weak, they were possessed, they were naked. Everywhere he went, he seemed to always be able to find people. He found people at the marriage feast. He found people in the funeral processions. He found people sitting beside wells. He found them in the temple. And Jesus even managed to find people living among the tombs. Everywhere he went, there were people. They came in the morning. They talked to him at noon. And some even came by night. 
in Capernaum, in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Galilee. Everywhere he went, there were people. No matter what the hour of the day, no matter what the season or the city, Jesus never had a problem finding people. He never had a problem finding people. So what does he do? He looks at the multitude and it's a picture that he has seen too many times before. And he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then he turns to his disciples after seeing the multitudes and he says unto them, uh, fellows or disciples, our problem is not the harvest. Our problem is not the harvest, but our problem is the laborers. The laborers are few. And I want to preach to you this morning for, for the little time that's been allowed to be here, that if we don't have revival, that if we don't uh, plant new churches and that if our churches don't grow, it's not because of a problem with the Lord of the harvest. It's not because of the lack of a harvest, and it's not because of the condition of the harvest. But if we don't have revival, there's something wrong with the laborers today. Praise God. Jesus said, pray for the laborers. Now, when he was speaking, I believe that he was speaking specifically concerning the lack of laborers. But today, we need to address not only the lack of the laborers, but the mentality of the laborers. When he speaks of the harvest, uh, in this instance, uh, Jesus did not have an analogy in his mind of grain that had been thrashed and that was stored in the barn, but he was thinking of, of crops that were still in the ground. He looked at the unregenerated. He looked at the unconverted. He looked at the undone and the unfit. And when Jesus looked at them, he called them the harvest. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Jesus was telling his disciples that, that there's no shortage of fruit. Our problem is finding laborers to go into the field and to get it. Now, I'm aware of what type of world we live in today. But I want to tell you something today, brothers and sisters. Our problem today is not the harvest. The, the social problems and the social ills and the things that are happening in our public schools and in our uh, college universities and, and the wickedness in the land. This is not the reason that we are not having revival today. The problem is not the harvest today, but it's the laborers. And Jesus said, pray for the laborers. He told, God told, told Jonah to go to Nineveh. And li listen to this now. Uh, and the Ninevites, I don't have the time to give a very, very vivid description of what type of people they were. But, but these Ninevites were a, a heartless and they were a ruthless people. And I'm sure that, that when Jonah, that when the Lord spoke to Jonah and told him to go to Nineveh, that he knew what type of people these Ninevites uh, were. And he probably said within himself, uh, uh, these people don't want to hear this message. Uh, these people don't want to be saved. They are so wicked and they are so sinful and they'll never turn to God. No, not in Nineveh. He probably felt that way. But Jonah failed to realize uh, what we failed to realize realize today that God did not call us to be the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. And since he is the Lord of the harvest, when the Lord of the harvest says that the harvest is ripe and that the harvest is ready, who am I to argue with him? Hallelujah. When he says that the harvest is ripe, I have nothing to do but to roll up my sleeves and jump into the harvest and to go to work. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I want you to notice here this morning that, that God's problem was not getting Nineveh to repent. This was not God's problem. His problem was not getting Nineveh to repent. He knew what they would do once they heard the message. God knew what they would do. But the problem was getting a prophet to the harvest with the message. Hallelujah. How shall they hear the Bible asked without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? And the Bible didn't say, but I say, how shall they be sent if they won't go? my Lord. The problem was not the harvest. It was not the harvest. But it was the mentality of the laborer. Here's a city that's on the edge of destruction. God knows what they are going to do once they hear a certain message. He calls a laborer and he gives him a very, very simple message. All you've got to say is yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. What is the first thing that the laborer does after he gets the message? He runs down and catches a ship to take him away from the harvest. The harvest is waiting now. The harvest is ready to repent. But what I want to draw your attention to this morning is what God has to go through to get a laborer to the harvest. What God has to go through. He has to send a great wind. He has to send a mighty tempest. Then he has to almost break the ship that the laborer is on. He has to almost break it in half. He has to scare the daylights out of the sailors that are on board. Then the laborer doesn't volunteer. He has to have the the seaman on the ship to throw him overboard. Once he's thrown overboard, God has got to call a great fish to swallow him up. And then Jonah's heart was so hard and his mind was so messed up, it took him three days before he ever started to pray and repent. Three days. We're talking about the laborers today. And then after all of this, he finally decides to go and preaches. And and when the people repent, what does he do? He gets mad because his message is so effective. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you today, friend, there's nothing wrong with the harvest. There's nothing wrong with the day in which we live. There's nothing wrong with what we have to do. This task is not too great for us. The problem is in the mentality of the laborers. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, Say not ye, there are yet four months. And then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Say not ye, there are yet four months. We don't have time to waste. The harvest is ready. The harvest is waiting. But the problem is 
the laborers. God is doing his part. If you believe it, shout amen. The problem is getting us to do our part. He, he is ready. He wants revival. He wants the world to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish. But the problem is getting the laborers to believe what he is telling us can happen. We have Brother Tenney spoke here about us having uh, several church uh, plants. And we have uh, three churches. We have about four church plants right now. And uh, there's one uh, area that we just started uh, a church plant in. And uh, there was a young man, tell you how this thing got started, and it, it should illustrate how God is working with us and how all we've got to do is, is just uh, uh, go out and work and do, do the work, labor, let God take care of his part. He's preparing the harvest even as we sit here. Uh, there was a young man that, that worked uh, in a plant in the city of Baton Rouge, and there was another young man uh, in our church that, that witnessed to him. And when he witnessed to this young man, obviously the message got a hold to his heart. And he came to me and he said, Pastor, said I, I met a young man today and said, I know that this young man wants to be saved. God's going to use him. Said when I talked to him, he actually began to cry, literally cry tears on, on the job. And uh, he was all excited about it. I was excited about it. And he came to me uh, about a week or two after that, and he said, uh, Pastor, or something tragic has happened said this young man uh, was fired or laid off from the job I don't have his address I don't have a phone number I don't have anything I don't know how to contact him and, and uh, a couple of weeks after that another young man that's a member of the church he came to me and he came to this first brother and he said guess what he said I, I, I started working with a guy today that says he knows you and he called his name and, and we were happy because we said that's the young man that this man had witnessed to and, and uh, we were elated about the fact that he had been put on another job with another man from our church. And the same thing happened again. Before they ever got phone numbers and contacts, he was laid off. He was, he was fired again. And now these two men and myself, we were very disappointed because he had seemingly slipped out of our hands twice. But guess what happened? He got hired on a third job. And on that job, there was another man from our church. And when he began to talk to him, and he found out that he knew these other two men, he said, this has got to be God right here. God is calling me. And so when he brought this young man to church and, and I baptized him in Jesus name and I realized three chances he had, he had had and so God probably wanted to do something special through him. Before he even received the Holy Ghost I told him, I said now, I'm going to teach you. My wife and I are going to teach you Bible study personally and, and I didn't make him a preacher but I told him, I believe that you are going to be a catalyst of a church being begun in the city in which you live. And my plans were my plans were, you know, to kind of teach him and get him kind of rooted and then to send uh, witnessing teams and, and track campaigns into the city. He lives about 20 miles outside of Baton Rouge and, and to, to start a church but my plans were to work on him first. But, but just this past Saturday when we went to his house to teach him, we've been going for just a few weeks now, when we crowded into his living room, already he had 12 people, and I'm not counting the children that were in that house, but already 12 people in there. My friend, it, I can't attribute it to anything that I had done because I've done nothing. I've done nothing. But you know why it's happening? Because all around these United States, all around these world, this world, in the metro areas, in the rural areas, I want you to know that God is getting the harvest ready. Brothers and sisters, we don't have to worry about the harvest. The harvest is not our worry. We need to pray for the laborers. The laborers. Hallelujah. The harvest is right, but the laborers, they are few. 
You see, we can't say that we are not uh, having revival because there are too many churches. We can't say that we're not having revival because there are, are not enough sinners. Or we, we're not having revival because the world is so wicked or because of this or, or because of that. The problem is the laborers. Paul went into Corinth. And when he went there, he was opposed mightily by the Jews. Uh, they opposed him and they, they blasphemed. And so Paul shook himself and he decided, I'll go to the Gentiles. And, and when he went into that community in that circle, uh, he, he had problems. And, and, and these Judaizers that followed him, they, they always tried to make trouble for Paul. And I guess Paul, being a man uh, of like passion that we are, he probably got discouraged. He probably felt uh, down at times. And he probably questioned himself a lot of times as to whether I should remain in this place any longer. Maybe there's some of you that have come and, and you felt like the place that I'm at, I mean, I can't have revival there. Uh, maybe another city, maybe another state, maybe another town, maybe another time. Amen. But God spoke to Paul and told him not to fear. Amen. But speak that, Paul, which I tell you to speak. Amen. And even though Paul might not have been uh, having much result at that particular time, uh, in Acts chapter number 18, the Lord told him, I I have much people in this city. Paul, you don't see it right now. Paul, you might be looking at empty pews right now. Paul, you might be looking at a half full building right now. But don't worry, I have much people in this city. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, brothers, the harvest is white. It's ready. But the mentality of the laborers has got to be changed. That's where the problem comes in at, with the laborers. We need to ask God to touch us. It, it all depends on whose report you're listening to. And it all depends on what you see. I, re, I remember several uh, uh, years ago uh, that, that my, my, my wife and my family and I, we, we were traveling. And, and, and someone in the car looked out on a hillside and, and they saw cattle. It's all cows out on the on the hillside there, and 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 one one of my uh, children made the comment, and they said, "My, look at all of those cows." And I had one little boy that that was still uh, you know drinking from a bottle, and and when he looked on that hillside, he said, "My, look at all of that milk." <laughs> One saw the cows. The other one didn't even see the cows. He saw the milk that was in the cows. Hey, friend, you can look at this world and, and, and the social ills and problems. You can get depressed because of the deficit. You can get all down and depressed because of the AIDS epidemic. You can be worried about this and worried about that, and you can just begin to throw a pity party and feel like you're just drowned with the rest of the world. But you know what these are to me? They are, they are clouds about the size of a man's hand that tells me that it's time for the church to rise up and to have revival. Hallelujah. Now, God has given us a message and he wants us to preach it. Now, he knows how to bring a people to their knees. He knows how to start a nation to praying. He knows how to prepare the harvest and to get it right. That's not my problem. That's not your problem today. He is the Lord of the harvest. 
harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. And if the Lord of the harvest says that the harvest is white, that is ready, that is plenteous, I'm going to believe what the Lord of the harvest has to say. Hallelujah. That's not my problem. My problem as a laborer is to go after it. My problem as a laborer is to preach the gospel. My problem as a laborer is to teach Bible studies. My problem is to reach into the harvest that the Lord has already prepared. Hallelujah. Praise God. So laborers, we need a touch. <laughs> we, we, we need to touch. We need to touch so that we can see as God sees. He has a reason for doing what he's doing. When Jesus prayed for two blind men and, and he touched them and then he asked them, oh, what do you see? These men, their first reply to him was, Lord, we see men, but we see them as trees. And he never partially does any job. He never partially does, does any job. He never does. But, but he's able to complete that which he began. Do you believe that today? Praise God. And, 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 and some might ask, and I've, I've even uh, thrown the question around in my mind, uh, out of all the prophets and all the people that lived at the time that Jonah lived, why did God choose him? Why did God choose him? I mean, couldn't he have found somebody uh, that would have been uh, more willing? Couldn't he have found somebody that would have been uh, more obedient? And I, I asked God, just what, is, what was Jonah's problem? Why did you choose him? And, and, and he told me, uh, he chose Jonah the same reason he chose me and some of you. He's always had problems with laborers. The harvest is white. The harvest is ready. It's right. But it's the laborers that are few. And these blind men, when their vision was not uh, perfected and not made whole, then Jesus touched them again. And he asked them at that time, now what do you see? And they said, we see men as men. And, and, and God's way is not always our way. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And, and, and we're praying God send us revival. We, we're praying God help us to, to reach the lost. And, and friend, any way God wants to do it, it's all right with me. Any way he wants to do it is all right with me. I only want to be sensitive to what he's doing. I don't want to be standing in the way of revival. I don't want to be standing in the way of, of my church growing. I don't want to be standing in the way of, of sinners being saved. And, and I don't want to be the reason that, that individuals go to hell. And, and at this conference, we need to ask God to change us. We need to ask God not to change our cities. Not to do anything, Lord, uh, uh, to the harvest other than what you've done. No, that's not what we need. We need to ask God to change us. We need to realize today that, that it's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, that's standing in the need of prayer. Change me, Lord. Change me. 
change me, touch me, so that I can see that, that the things that happen uh, uh, around us, that these things were not designed to, to bring us down. These things were not designed to, to destroy the church. And, and sure, we're having a little turbulent time sometimes in our local assemblies right now. But I want to tell you something, my friend. God is faithful. He will perform what he said that he would do. And there, there's no way in the world, amen, that we can lose, amen, if we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Amen. The laborers, we need to lift our heads up. Amen. We need to believe the Lord of the harvest today. We need to declare one to another that this is the day, that this is the hour, that this is the time. Today is the day of salvation. And what do we do, laborers? We hold our peace. But I want to let you know that we have a message and we have a name that is above every name. And that at the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says every knee is going to bow and that every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is the Lord of Lord and he's the King of Kings. Hey, laborers, we don't have anything to be ashamed of. If we've got it, we need to get it to the world. If we believe it, we need to let the world know if it's good, we need to market it. We need to tell it. We need to put it out everywhere that we go. Hallelujah. The harvest is white. Do you believe that? The harvest is ready. Do you believe that? But it's the laborers that need prayer today. Praise God. Praise God. This is the day. You can just remain on your, on your feet. This is the day and hour. And I've, I've decided that I'm going to believe the report of the Lord of the harvest. Praise God. We can, we can have it. Somebody say we can have it. Look at your neighbor right there and tell him we can have it. We can have revival. Yeah, you might say, I, I don't have, there's certain things that, that I don't have. Let me tell you something, friend. We can have it because he said that we could have it. And if he said it, I'm stupid enough to believe him. Or maybe I'm smart enough to believe him. Praise God. I'm not worried about what I don't have, but I've got him on my side. Praise God. And the, and, the, and the devil might tell you that you cannot do it. But if Jesus has confidence in you, if he says that you can do it, there's no weapon that's formed against you that can prosper. We can have revival. It's plenteous. You look at it and you say it's a drug-infested city, but God says it's the harvest. You look at it and you say it's teenage problems and, and it's drug-infested high schools, but God said it's the harvest. You look at the college campuses and you say that they are havens for socialism, but God said it is the harvest. You look at the alcohol sections of your town and you say that's a bad place to go, but God looks at it and says that's the harvest. this conference that God would touch us and that with every speaker that speaks to us that we'll open our hearts up and that we'll quit complaining and that we'll quit making excuses that we'll quit making excuses why our churches are not full we'll quit saying that there are too
too many churches, uh, apostolic churches in our cities. We'll quit saying that sinners are so wicked they don't want to hear this message. We'll quit excusing ourselves and, and we'll quit uh, uh, just uh, letting ourselves go easily. And we'll put the finger in our own chest, uh, upon our own breast, uh, and say if my church is not having revival, it's not because of what somebody's saying about me, uh, but it's the laborer. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me, and I want God to change me. I want God to touch me. I want God to do something to my mind and to my eyes so that I can see that the harvest is white. It's ready. It's plenteous, but it's the labor.